0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Good morning, in Cantonese. Um, the 10,000 reason, uh, I think some of you have heard um, my um, testimony. About last, last year, last summer, and uh, when I was in a kind of... Um, doubts worries about the uh, future of anglican mission um, i was about to um, to join the first um rectors of abbeys of amia um, in one day's time in uh, san antonio uh, texas and this song, 10,000 Reasons, uh, gave me a hope and a confirmation that the Lord is, is keep on blessing Anglican mission. And uh, because I arrived on Monday, and um, um, I was trying to find a restaurant uh, to have dinner. I, I stay in a hotel, just me. Because all the other people arrive on Tuesday, you know, from Vancouver going to Texas it's wow, a long journey. So while I was I was walking and trying to find a restaurant, and this song keep on singing in my in my soul. Um, before that, I'm not familiar with this song. It just keep on singing, and then when I was eating, it kept on singing. And when I finished eating, walking back to the hotel, it kept on singing for four to five hours and um and when I was laying on the bed, came on saying, Pastor alone, oh my soul, wow and i and 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 I prayed to Jesus, I said, Well, Lord, I think this is unusual. So if tomorrow we have three days of the rectors uh, of all the abbes, um, uh, we should have inspiration uh, if the song leader uh, will lead." to sing 10,000 reasons just one time and I'm very sure that you will your message is you will bless Anglican mission wow, the wonderful thing is Tuesday afternoon while we gathered together after lunch and then we gathered together and the song leader came up and then bless the Lord, oh my soul wow, I was in tears you know what happened? This song led me to have a movement 10,000 recent movement Starting in November in our church Because um, we we got a vision from the Lord That this is a time after 18 years of renting uh, sites uh, By faith, um, the Lord will prepare us for a land And we are going to build a church But we have no money you know, at that time we have only uh, 300,000 dollars in our uh, reserve bank uh, reserve fund. I mean, of development fund. And and I and I launch 300. Only 300,000. Yeah, only 300,000. Yeah, okay. In our development fund. Okay, 300,000. So, so we pray our. And I launched a campaign to kneel down, three minutes, every every day, uh, I think in August. Um, So, for those who are listening to my blog, you need to know that. You know, at the end, usually, I'll play this song. And actually, at that time, I have been kneeling down since last summer. Cantonese version, or... English version, I have been kneeling down to um, have that song. So maybe I can invite you, if you want the Lord to bless your church and to bless Anchor Commission Canada and bless Anchor Commission in the Americas, I invite you, every day you go to my blog and um, be with Jesus and be with me and then at the end of that song, you kneel down and knowing that I am kneeling down. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We humble before you. As we say, we bow down our knees. Lots of time we are saying, but we are not doing. So help us to kneel down more each day. That, that we know that we are only human beings. When we kneel down, We worship you as our Lord, as our King. And that in you, nothing is impossible. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come fill each one of us. Pour down your fresh anointing on us. And that we will be renewed, refreshed, and respond to your call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, you know what happened? Uh, in three months' time, uh, we had $1.8 dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1.8 million. It's this song. Ten thousand reasons moved lots of people to donate ten thousand dollars. Okay, ten thousand dollars is is really not a lot for lots of people, but if more and more people donating ten thousand dollars then you never know how much money your church can receive, even $1,000. So, you know, I, am, I empty my wallet today because as I witnessed that my wife, uh, you know, is so important to me, one of the most important thing is I never, I never worry about money. So I never know how much money I have in my wallet. So she put in money in my wallet every day, you know. So, when, you know, today, uh, John's new book, yeah, let's have a big hand on John, yeah, publish, okay, and also, let's have a big hand to Ed. his new book, wow, my new book will be coming, micro, macro, deciphering will be coming, maybe in half a year's time, it's in the editor's hand now, only chapter one and two, um, well, i I wrote it all, but But I'm uh, revising it. So, when I open my wallet, $15 to Ed, $15 to John, and I have no more. (laughs) This is a sign. You know, the widow, she had three penny. I have $30. And to Ed, and to John. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, now, um, what I want to say to you is, I need to leave in 10, 10 minutes' time. And um, because we are having our third um, um, third talk of Alpha, and uh, I need to be there so that I need to call all those non-Christians to receive Jesus today. So pray for us. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. we will have at least um, 10 non-believers they might receive Jesus today. Okay? So, okay, now, let's take a look at the PowerPoint. The PowerPoint. Right. It's there, but it's not here. Okay, now. Okay, you, you should know that we have a 4 years plan, and our, uh, each year we have a souvenir. Okay? The first year is with the bishop's seal It's a round key ring Do you remember? And the second year is a green pen That's discipling one, two, three Okay uh, No, e- evangelizing one, two, three Discipling one, two, three And the third year is uh, The third year Oh, it's a light Right, okay right. Okay, now this is the fourth year The fourth year is a kind of of uh, reminding all of you that uh, we are having this four year span. First cycle will be finished this year. And then we will, we will do the, the first thing f- first again. So the first year is discipling, raising up disciples. Second year, evangelizing. And third year, mentoring. This year is planting. Planting, uh, not necessarily planting church, but planting a new small group Planting uh, new something, okay. So, so um, I hope all of you have this key ring, okay. Um, I don't have it now, but I have sent it to all AM churches. So, um, anyone who do not who have not seen this or do not have it, could you raise up your hand? Uh, Okay. So yeah, Uh, let's see if. If you have some more. Okay, now, let's take a look. Uh, the second the second one. The second. Okay, could we, um, could we read this together? Because um, this, is, this is where the vision comes from. It's from Jesus. Okay, could, could we read this together? This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29. Okay, let's take a look at the next one. So, my call, my vision is to have Movement. If this movement uh, is successful, then uh, I think it can change lots of people and churches. So, first the stock is the sowing of this um, vision. First the stock, then the head, then the full kernel, then harvest. Okay, next one. So, the stock is the most micro thing, it's the daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. That's why we need disciples to help people to establish a lifestyle of having a daily, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. We talk about daily devotion, but, but from my research of quite a number of churches and so many people, including John Stott, when I visited him in uh, 2009, he said, Silas, you are right on. You are right on. Yes. This is the missing piece, you know. And he gave me his um, his book. His book, um, uh, that is his only book of daily devotion. All John Stock's books is about, you know, uh, commentary and everything. But he said, well, at last, I got it. That's John Stock, you know and there's a book using the anglican uh, reading cycle to have a daily devotion for the whole year 365 days and um, so i think the most important stage is the first stage disciple okay let me have a, let me have um have a, an experiment experiment max you know max like exper experiment right Okay Raise up your hands If you have personally Disciple anyone uh, For at least Three months in your life Um, One or more than one Raise up your hand Okay 25% 25% So last uh, Yesterday When I asked you to raise up your hand for those who have daily devotion, 25%. So, um, well, this year we are in church planting, we are in planting, but next year we will go back to uh, discipling again, and I sincerely hope that uh, we, we can talk together to think out some concrete thing to encourage our people uh, to be disciples. Because what I found out is the reason for so many Christians, including pastors and, and bishops and I don't know whether Pope is having daily devotion. I don't know, right? Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether Justin Welby, you know, Archbishop Canterbury is having daily devotion. I don't know. I don't dare to ask, you know. <laughs> but but the problem is we don't have enough disciples. So lots of people they say, "Oh, I know," but it's not doing. So. Okay, so let's go to a discipling one photos. So for the past five years, when God calls me to be, uh, to call people to be disciple, I am a leader, lead by my own example. So I need to try if it, if it really works. So I start to, to be the disciple of our younger son, Athanasius, and his best friend. I catch that time, because Ethan did not have daily devotion, he was a um, lousy Christian and so-and-so, and so, and, um, so we, we, uh, Michelle and I didn't know what to do with him. But five years ago, he told me, Dad, you know, Vance is willing to be baptized That's his best friend. So he persuaded his best friend, Vance, and Vance uh, wanted to be baptized. So I became Vance's uh, godfather. So I I asked Ethan. Wow, Ethan. Wow, you are so good. You are you 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 are uh, uh, evangelist. He said yeah yeah yeah. And I said, why don't you get this chance to let me teach the two of you, um uh to know more about Jesus. He said yeah why not. So I started a daily actually. I went to Van's home five days a week, just half an hour. You know those they uh they were uh they were uh, Twelve and thirteen at that time. More than half an hour, you won't do. So just half an hour. The first, I think, three three months, five days a week, Monday to Friday. Okay, let's take a look here. Next photo. So so uh, we uh, we use our um, my blog as daily devotion, and I use some some books for them. Okay, go on. Okay. Go on. Now he is now 17. And uh, this is a new photo that when uh, Iggy uh, got married, and that's my mom and my uh, younger sister. Yeah, go on. Yeah. You know, I used two and a half years to be with them. First, five days a week, and then after three months, uh, once a week for two and a half years. And you know what happened? Vans now become our English service only Josh is the our pastor right so when is the vance now is the only small group leader that's being raised up now and ethan is now the game director of awana yeah so and then okay uh, disciple 2 uh, last year last year i said well I finished this job, it seems that it's fruitful. Let me try another guy. So I got our warden, our rector's warden's son, and one of our young leader, Gary, and to have a daily devotion uh, weekly, uh, once a week for three months, helping them to establish that, that lifestyle. Okay. Now Gary is a vibrant leader and uh, one of vibrant leaders in our English service, and he is being called by the Lord to uh, to teach English as a missionary in China now. So he went to uh, China just a month ago. Oh, for two years. Yeah. But we need to pray for Bernie because uh, he is working in Toronto, and without that link and support, uh, he has not he has not found a church yet. So Bernie is a son of our rector's warden Eddie so pray for Bernie okay so that he can be con- connected okay next one next one uh, disciple 3 so this year i start another personal discipling. okay now there's our restaurant church. I started this restaurant church uh, three and a half years ago. I baptized 11 people already, mostly a restaurant workers, manager, chef. And so this is the, uh, uh, if, you, um, if you go to Richmond, you can go to, I think it's the best uh, Japanese buffet restaurant. It's in uh, Capstan Way and Garden City. It's called Richmond Sushi. So Eddie, uh, no, uh, 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 uh Danny, he is the he is the senior manager of this restaurant, taking care of this restaurant and the other two. So he came to our restaurant church about uh, uh, this February, and he received Jesus. Next picture, yeah. So this is a picture he received Jesus. Uh, April this year. So Danny, okay, the left hand side guy. Okay, next one. And I baptized him uh, um, just three three months ago. Go on, go on. So I baptized him, go on. It's a restaurant with his father, go on. His wife. Now I am having the second week, no, no, the 12 weeks of of personal discipling time with him. So every Thursday, 3.30 to 5 p.m., I have a time with him um, to listen to my blog, and uh, have um, daily devotion, and then use a book um, for 13 weeks to establish the, the first basic um, knowledge about being a Christian. So, so I do hope you to know that I'm not talking about theory. I'm talking about real thing. Jesus used three years to disciple mainly 12, and one became Judah. You know that's a revelation. Sometimes we stop discipling people because some Judah came up, and we were hurt, we were discouraged, and stopped doing anything. You know, many years ago, when I was being attacked by by some Judah, I was discouraged. I just want to quit. You know, um, like some of you. You know what Jesus told me? He said are you better than me? I said, oh, no, 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 no. You are the Lord. You are Jesus. No, no, no. And I said, why you said this? He said, even me. I have one out of 12 become Judah. You don't have that percentage. Wow. I was being encouraged. That's many years ago. I think that's uh, maybe six years ago. I nearly died because someone wanted to assassinate me. So let's pray for all our pastors. Pray for Peter. Pray for John. You know, and uh, Dave, Kathy, Jen, Don. Yeah, you need to pray for them daily because we are under severe attack. Because if if the if the devil successfully take out the rector and the whole church collapse, but with prayer. At least if, if you pray for your rector, you are not going to curse him. You are not going to think lots of negative things about him. Right? So, let's pray. <clears throat> oh, Lord Jesus, we give thanks to you for, for all the hard works of our pastors. For the hard work of Peter and Dave and John and and Ed, and now we have Lucy in our neighbor leadership team. For all the directors of uh, AM Canada, for all the leaders, big thanks to you. We ask you to open our eyes to know this is a very severe spiritual warfare. Unless we kneel down to pray daily, continuously, for our pastors. Bishop Archbishop Apostolic Vicar We have no chance So help us to to Pray, to fast And to do anything you call us to, to do So that your kingdom will be extended And each day We will live joyfully And then we can extend your mighty kingdom Thank you Lord Come Holy Spirit come for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Well, uh,
1: just before you go, we just um, we do one quick prayer. So all the pastors, if you're a, a, like a pastor, can you just stand? And uh, Silas all the pastors. Interestingly, while Silas was speaking, the Lord said to me, you know, in the old days people used to kneel as a sign of submission and humility. It's a really interesting question to ask yourself. Why don't you kneel today? Don't answer that, but just ask yourself that sometime. Why don't you kneel? Don't have to. Just be an interesting question to ask. Why don't you kneel? When they did hundreds of years ago. It'd be an interesting question. But I'm going to ask one of you to pray for these guys and especially remember Silas tonight doing the work of evangelism. So, one of the congregation, would you just stand up and nice and loud pray for the pastors and for Silas as they go.
2: Mm. It's about hope. And we lift that hope up to those 12 people today that they will hear the truth as we've heard truth this week.
1: Mm. Bless them, protect them, as we as congregations... Mm. Amen. Amen. And male pastors, tonight, this is your advice, my advice to you. If you're a male pastor tonight before you go to bed, take your wallet out, leave it open, and put it on the dresser. Okay. <laughs> Bless you. Go, go, go. And the rest of you, why don't you stand up, have a bit of a stretch, and then we'll uh, welcome Archbishop Yong.
3: Let us just pray. Open our hearts again, Lord, that we may receive words from you. Speak to us, that we will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of Jesus. After Jesus resurrected, after Jesus had conquered death, after Jesus had completed his mission, And he said to his disciples, the same disciples that he called from the Sea of Galilee, the same disciple he called, Come and follow me, and I will make you fisher of men. And that is the word he said to him. He hasn't got a second plan. He only has one plan. Even though one of those twelve betray him and become Judas. This is how Jesus looked at each one of us. When he called us To become his disciples I think Bishop Silas Has given you a very clear Indication How is that Happened So This is very much linked To what I was sharing With you yesterday God saw love God gave His Son. God gave everything just to draw you out to His sight so that you can be disciples. And in this calling, when we open our heart, open our life to Jesus and receive Him to become our personal Savior, Master and Lord. He opened up heaven. The heaven opened to us and we become a child of God, a citizens of the kingdom and we become God's own people. I think uh, when God opened that to us yeah, and God has a plan. John three sixteen give us this Matthew twenty eight eighteen to twenty. They are interlinked interlocked. There is no such a thing that you become a Christian just go to the church and warm the pew. God intends you to become His disciples, and disciples must make disciples. You have no excuse. You cannot say, I don't know this, I don't know that. When I look at the average North American congregations, everyone is more qualified than Peter and John. They are just simple fishermen. They never go to university. They never attend college. They never have all those kind of qualifications, but you all have it. Right? And there is no excuse. It is a matter of the hearts. Sometimes our heart has so a resistance. We are not willing to do do those things in all my years of ministry I begin to observe the church people the older one the wise one they do they don't do those kind of things. what do they do they encourage the young one the more foolish one the more stupid one you go we are wise one, we are more, you know, we have all the dignified one we don't do those kind of thing let the young one go and do that and I discover, you know because we did the same thing many years ago, when our church will form and we work hard with the youth we work hard with the young people and every now and then we have some success but in our context when you lead the young people to Christ and they go home and their father say no let me know they cannot move forward like anything, and so there is a missing link: those clever ones, those smart ones, those wise ones, all the more senior people, they miss out, they don't do they are not they don't go and disciple others. So, when I was the bishop of the diocese, I went to confirmation in churches. Many times when I go, because our church begin to encourage the older people to really disciple others, so, we have quite a lot of uh, older people, more senior people, and to be confirmed, to be baptized and confirmed. It is always a joy, and beginning of the service, before it starts, come down to the pew and talk to some of the senior people. You know? And um, I remember very carefully, uh, very clearly, one time, I asked in front of me, one of the senior person, Oh, why are you here? Whoa, he said, don't you know that I now become uh, a Christian, so I come to, be to this confirmation. Don't you know that? this. <laughs> And then I say, How do you become a Christian? Oh, my neighbor told me about Jesus. My neighbor shared with me about Jesus. And I look at him, and he really helped me to understand what is it to become a Christian. You see, one by one. And when we encourage our church to really do uh, discipling and make disciples and really uh, uh, show their faith and live as a Christian, and it was so good. And people became Christian. And so, for a long time, I began to think, No. Just concentrate to the young people is good, but it's not the best plan for our church. We need to break in into all those wise people, all those who think they know everything. Now in the Chinese culture, young people don't it can, can be seen, but not to be heard. Uh, I don't know whether you people do it here. Yeah. It is that kind of culture. I believe very deeply, this is the culture in the Chinese culture put in by the devil to stop anything spread. And so, we begin to encourage our senior people to share Jesus. And when you talk to the senior people to share Jesus, and they say, no, 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 I I, I don't know anything. How many years have you been an Anglican? Oh, since my grandfather was an Anglican, I was an Anglican. That's the only link. Uh, Discipleship, understanding of the responsibility of sharing Jesus, was never been taught. And so when I was uh, when I was uh, uh, make a bishop consecrated as a, as as a bishop in the nineteen nineteen what. 1990. She didn't remember the date. <laughs> 1990, September 25th, I think. Yeah. And I keep on praying. We, the Diocese of Saba have about 7,500 members. It's not bad in the Anglican communion. A lot of Anglican Communion, the, the diocese is about 2,000, 3,000 people. We have 7,500. Not bad, eh? But as I pray, as I prepare myself for the consecrations, and God gave me a vision in, in the, uh, through the book of Revelation. And that's the part that there were a cr- uh, multitude of people, different languages, different uh, races, different, all that. That was the vision that God gave me. Yeah. And when I look at Saba, right, there's so many different different uh, races in Saba. You know, the Gadasan, the Dusun, the, the Dayak, the, whatever and the Chinese, and all of them. We have the black one, look black. You have the uh, uh, the, the white one, look white. And there are those are yellow like me. Plenty. But that passage, when it came, it is a passage that encouraged me to look at the real thing in the diocese, the real thing (coughs) that being a bishop means. These are the people that God has given to me and I have to make sure they enter into the kingdom of God. I think that the real thing is not whether they come to church or not, the real thing is, do they become Christian? Do they really receive Jesus as their personal Savior? (laughs) Then, of course, the consecration came. I was very busy preparing that. And it is only... I was consecrated in september uh, twenty uh, one one nine zero zero of yeah. yeah. course we have a every two years we have a synod. thank goodness yeah, only every two years <laughs> and every two years we have a synod so my next this, my first synod will be 1991, in August. We usually take take the end of August, which is also a national day, and use the public holiday so that our lay people can come for the synod. And so we have the synod. And this picture in Revelation has been in my mind all the time I really don't quite understand what does it mean but it is a nice picture and so even without any plan and without any true full, full understanding I thought this is what God is saying to me so I share that with the synods and to my amazement after my synod address, many come to me. This is the, the first very clear calling to us. And I say, calling to what? And so from there, we all work together. All our priests and all that work together. And we developed a strategy inspired by God's words and uh, that is where I begin the mission 113 strategy for the Diocese of Saba mission is God's mission mission is the great commission mission is Jesus desire now 113 what does that mean one anglican disciple another non-christian to become christian every 3 years any other we, we, we after our prayer and all that we think any other formula or any other way of the Preserving that kind of cycle and sometimes it's unrealistic. A person needs a friend to walk with him or her for at least three years in order to establish from a non Christian environment to become the disciple of Jesus Christ that's why we use 113 So, so in the next synod we adopted this policy you know this simple 113 if we everyone is doing that According to my simple calculation, we will double our membership every three years. Isn't it? 113. One, every three years, 1, one to 1, that means you double your memberships. Yes? Oh, okay. Are you okay? so to continue that story uh, and uh, try to cut it short and the so the first two years not much movement but at the third year we begin to see and that God is working through our churches and there are more and more, more senior people not the very old one, more senior people coming to church and so we feel that God is using the very simple formula we follow the instruction of the scripture and God has Jesus' honor, his own plan. Yeah. And of course, as we begin to look at Jesus' own plan, I think Jesus make it very clear to the disciple, you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know? And very clear. And that's the only plan that Jesus has for the disciple. He never laid down anything except this one. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you will be my witnesses. And so if we look at that, if this is Jesus' word, why is it that so many of us still don't follow that? We have one thousand and one excuses, not reason, excuses for not doing it. And so we started that mission 113. And as I retire and look back, this, I think the, (coughs) the, after the third year, after the third year we we begin to take the, the, the census very very seriously. Every mission, every church must report their attendance. Uh, every Sunday attendance, we consider that is more accurate than just how many in your pass a a parish roll the parish roll is never accurate because a lot of people who are in the parish roll don't come to church and so and when we take that we begin to see 7,500 and after the third year I think we counted more than 10,000 so that is uh, uh, not bad. But we are supposed to be double, redouble, isn't it? Every three years we should be double. So we did not reach that double. Yeah. However, as the, this, this uh, 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 vision given to us gained momentum, by the six years, we have already reached almost twenty thousand that is following god 's plan. It can be done. The only thing is that we sometime we Anglicans have this kind of a uh, look at the Baptist. Oh, they are Baptists. It's okay. They do that kind of thing. We Anglican. We are more superior. We don't do that kind of thing, you know. And go uh, going to, to to house and and talk about Jesus. Only the Baptists or the Pentecostal do that. We don't. We are Anglican. Too bad. We become so Anglican that we are almost tie our own hand uh, zip our mouth and we become a dumb Christian don't do anything so mission 113 has the blueprints of sort of God's giving me that kind of visions and then we begin to see in each congregation somehow because their church grow their church become too small the parking lot become too small and um, when some of my priests complained to me I said, never mind, this is a good problem to have when your church is too big and no people, there's the big problem but when your church Is uh, getting too uh, too small. That's a good problem to have. And so we encourage church planting. And during that period, actually there are so many congregations, they say, okay, 30, you go to that area. You start a church over there. And uh, there is uh, the cathedral, for instance. When we in 1970, we're looking at the three congregation. Now we, we have to have multi-congregation because we have Chinese service, English service, and Malay service. Three congregation. Each one is just slightly over a hundred. That was in the early days. But after the movement and after the, the growth of those churches, and later on we, we find out the the attendance had gone up altogether. Instead of just about three or four hundred, we begin to see over a thousand. All the congregation together, and so we really praise God that we have been non-anglican in that way. Because the, in we, I begin to look, read, and I, of course I go uh, 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 attending meeting and so on, see churches. <coughs> For instance, I went to England. Some of the churches, twenty, thirty people, and they have that luxury, but we don't have because we cannot just have twenty, thirty people uh, the, to support the church. Our church needs to be supported by life giving. People have to give it. We don't have. Uh, we don't have any inheritance, we don't have any endowment, anything. That is God's very clear intention for our church. So by the time I retire, thank God, we can retire. Retirement is a good thing. That means you step aside and uh, you can do something else. Yeah. If I am still working, sometimes I may not be able to come here. But I am so glad that I am retired. I can come. <laughs> <Okay. coughs> I think the, the word of God the scripture is very clear John 3:16 and Matthew 28 is linked together so often we love that John 3:16 God loved me so much God blessed me so much but we forget Jesus hasn't finished yet when, when then he told us God so loved the world Jesus has the second part of that and he also makes it clear you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea, Samaria and the end of the earth now the amazing thing is in that uh, 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 in that great commission he add on a bonus behold I will be with you always doing mission doing evangelism whether individually or a whole group as a church God Promise to be with you. God promise to be with you. Now that is what we always when we begin to do the the new mission and so on. Yeah. Now <clears throat> one time, I have a lady conference. All the ladies come together, and we invited a speaker from outside to come to speak to our lady. And this lady, you know talked to me quite a lot you know, and, and, and asked a lot of questions, and I don't know what he is, she is up to. But one of the time, when she was giving a talk. I was sitting there. Yeah. I said, Bishop, how many workers do you have? He was talking about tithing. Yeah, tithing. How many workers do you have? I said, well, more or less 40. Do you tie your income? The diocesan income. Oh, I was so happy he asked me that. Because just before that, our synod decided there should be every year 10% of our income should go outside of the diocese. I thought it was great, you know. I said, yeah, we tie, we tie our money. We tie our income. And then he said, do you tie your manpower? You got forty overworkers. worker, did you give ten percent of that to go to mission fields? I pretend I didn't hear her. <laughs> because that is church, isn't it? Yeah? And so after that challenge, after that question, of course I didn't answer her, and we begin to work within our our, dahases. yes, we need to send missionary yeah. we need to send missionary sending missionary is not cheap, we need to send, and so the next few years, we have some missionary sent to Phnom pen and some missionary sent to Indonesia and we begin. But I don't think we reach the 10% proportion which we have to repent for that. But that is how God can use us in our situations. I look at AM. It is a real privilege to come and be with you and I got encouraged by many of you coming here. You know, sometimes I just sit quietly there, but I'm very encouraged. I can assure you, you know, it is so good to see like-minded, the same-hearted people join together and talk about mission, talk about evangelism. You know? This has become a sort of a culture in AM, not in many other places. In many other places that we went, we see the opposite side. Everybody is concerned about their budget, our budget, the first importance of the budget is really to meet our expenses. I always say to my people, if you hold your hand tight like that, God want to give you, he cannot even give you. Because you have nowhere way to get to receive it. But when you open your hand like that, God pour down from heaven and fill you. That is the experience of many of us in the in Saba. I just here time to share with you, to encourage you, to open your hand, open it up, and let God pour in. God has never in debt. God is always more generous than us. So, John 3.16 God so loved the world Matthew twenty eight Go and make disciples of all nations. Even that sometimes the missionary societies has neglected some of the elements in this command. What did Jesus say? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Obedience. We must be the Obedience people we must be obedient to God's uh, God's law. We must be obedient to his words. So that is the calling we are. So brothers and sisters, what a privilege it is to be a Christian. What a privilege it is to open your life to God, to Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to take it. Every one of you. I'm going to take it. I'm going to use you. And that, I think, is the major theme for the AM. AM. When you change your name into AM Canada, Canada become your mission field Canada is very big, much bigger than Saba I don't know how many times, you know. Canada is very big but Canada also have many people, many people Who does not even know Jesus Christ. I was horrified the other day. Go into some of the shops. It is Halloween before Halloween. I don't know when is Halloween. And all sort of costume was hanging out there. The skeleton and all sort of masks. I looked at that and I said, How can we subject our children into this kind of culture? From very young, we tell them all the things that is not true. We never tell them Jesus raised from the dead. We never tell them Jesus has all the power and authority. So, brothers and sisters, may this summit, not conference, (laughs) may this summit draw you together, draw you into this unity of vision that Canada needs you, Canada needs the gospel, Canada needs people who are genuinely Christian. God so love, and go and make disciples. May God continue to bless this AM Canada. Amen. I got a secret from my wife. Celebrating their wedding anniversary. Today is on the day. How many years? Twenty, thirty-nine years
1: ah. He told us about the fact that if he hadn't retired he would be able to come here uh, these um, stories about when you retire things slow down I never believe it in Archbishop and Julia's retirement they founded a mission society <laughs> Anglican mission was founded with Archbishop Colini, um, Archbishop Moses Day, and Archbishop Yong in their retirements. So amazing. Uh, look, we've got a couple of minutes and uh, we'll have lunch a little bit earlier so that those that need to go need to go. It, it's the way of these sort of conferences and summits that people have to go earlier. We will try over the years to make sure that we stay to the end. And um, that's just a challenge for all of us. And that, you know, those who come, come for the time. But we'll work on that. That's, we're just working on that. But in the meantime, The remnant, you guys, you've had the full meal deal. Does anybody want to just say uh, something real quickly about what God has revealed to you since you've been at this summit? Because you know, um, John was saying to us that um, faith always follows revelation. And um, maybe there's something being revealed to you this last three days that you can actually articulate. Usually it takes a few days to chew on this stuff. But anybody want to share something that's been revealed to you? Something maybe you didn't know, that you've been reminded? Something that's changed the way you think? Something that's been revealed to you? Anybody? I'm just going to turn
3: that down a bit so you go.
0: Every time Fred
3: speaks or... Or praise, I I get so amazingly blessed. There's this amazing anointing you're talking about, opening up a field of hope. Uh, Very powerful. Uh, I
1: believe this is the key to break the complacency that slips into all of us into our churches. Thank you. Anybody else? Something that's been revealed to you. I think it was revealed before, but it's a great reminder that everywhere that each of us goes, the kingdom of God is going. And it goes in different ways. It goes into different places. Sometimes it's open and out there, and sometimes it's going in very subtle ways, and sometimes we don't even see it. Sometimes we're in a place and we don't actually interact, but we may have prayed or we may just, may just be there. And it's the presence of God being there and god's presence in god's presence we're transformed so just brothers and sisters friends be cool. thank you bob something that god's revealed to you that you can articulate at the moment come on max
2: i'm trying to make it as short as possible which is not easy um My week starts on Sundays, and it starts in church at this time of my life. And our pastor, which is a lady, Jennifer Morgan, decided to read um, from Matthew chapter 1, The Genealogy of Jesus. And most of us that read the Bible on a regular basis sort of skip it. We can hardly pronounce the different names. And when I started to come here, uh, for some reason it stuck with me. And uh, I, uh, I was trying to figure out what it meant. And when you read the genealogy of Jesus, you find so, so many different characters and people that seem to have a failed life. And they begin with all those, uh, I would call them cripples. And, and as I, as I look, look at us here, and our leadership when we look at our roots and where Jesus has called us to be we all miracles and uh, I know there's many things that I could point out and then I would be here for the rest of the day and I don't want to be, do that uh, but I want to lift one One guy that spoke to my heart. And, of course, that that doesn't diminish anybody else. I don't want to say that. But there was one guy that Dave invited to speak to us. That was Rick. And uh, his name was Rick, and I thought he was a a native. But he's actually a Scandinavian. (laughs) So I, I make mistakes all over the place. In trying to judge people, right? But but he said, uh, when we're trying to relate to each other, we need to find out who they are. And the best way to do that is to treat, treat them like a child, to receive them like a child. And, and, and let, them, let them show you who they are. And if they don't live up to your standards, you have to, you have to receive them like Jesus. You have to put your standard away and, and try to understand them. How can you have a relationship without knowing them? We have to give people time. I just le- le- I, I, I'm a German uh, because I was born there and all kinds of reasons and, and I have preconceived ideas like everybody else. But I have to put those away. Mm. And, and this is what this, uh, what do you call this place? What, what do you call our meeting? Summit. Summit uh, has done for me this year. And I'm very grateful for it. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Bless you. Well, I encourage you to just consider these things over these next few days as you mull over and um, debrief. Maybe those of you who go to Jericho Road, maybe you might consider debriefing about what you've done. I know for those of us who are driving back to uh, White Rock this afternoon in the car, we're going to be debriefing in the car. It's a great way to spend an hour and a half on the road. Anyway, um, thank you, bless you. We want to um, thank uh, John and David and the team here for hosting us this week. Uh, They sure model servant leadership, don't they? I hope it's infectious. I hope we take it back to where we go and we can now serve others as well as they have served us. Probably the last thing to do is just have um, a final blessing and go. So I'm going to ask you to please stand. And uh, I thought I'd share with you the blessing that I share every Sunday in our church. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage and fight the good fight of faith so that you may finish your course with joy. And the blessing of God Almighty the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit rest on you and those you love now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Lunch will be served and we'll say grace out there when we get together.